welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. Here we are in the story. Haman had to honor Mordecai on behalf of the king back there. And then there was the second banquet where Esther reveals that it's Haman who set out the decree. So then vile Haman Haman, Haman gets hanged. That's hard to say. Vile Haman gets hanged. Gets hanged, yeah. Right. Then the king turns, and after talking with Mordecai and Esther, he honors Mordecai with the signet ring. Puts him in charge of Haman's, Haman's estate. Well, it gives the estate to Esther right. first. And then mm-hmm. Esther she, puts him in charge. Right, then right. Esther puts him in charge. Mm-hmm. But then the people still aren't saved. Right. And so Esther pleads with the king to save her people. Mm-hmm. The king goes, yep, let's pass my ring again that I got back from <laughs> Haman. And I, I'm going to say, Mordecai, I'm going to have you send out this document, which is considered an edict. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to, because I'm going to put my signet ring on it and I'm going to seal it and we're going to send it out. But the problem they had was the king had already sent one out. Right. right. And the law of the P- Medes and the Persians was that once a law went out. With that signet with ring. With that, the king's edict, it could right. not be changed. It was established. Mm-hmm. But so, they could get around that, right? Yeah, but you'd have to be pretty clever to get around some of those hard and hard fast, and fast yeah. edicts. Yeah. So this is this is what we're going to learn today is just talking about what did Mordecai do, which I think is pretty brilliant. So mm-hmm. you want to go ahead and yeah. read oh. Esther chapter eight verses nine through seventeen from the NIV. <clears throat> Excuse me. At once, the royal secretaries were summoned on the 23rd day of the third month, the month of Sivan. They wrote out all Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. These orders were written in the script of each province in the language of each people and also to the Jews in their own script and language. Mordecai wrote in the name of King Xerxes, sealed the dispatches with the king's signet ring, and sent them by mounted couriers who rode fast horses, especially bred for the king. The king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and to protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children, and to plunder the property of their enemies. The day appointed for the Jews to do all this in all the provinces of King Xerxes was the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality so that the Jews would be ready on that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. The couriers riding the royal horses went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. When Mordecai left the king's presence, he was wearing royal garments of blue and white, a large crown of gold, and a purple robe of fine linen. And the city of Susa held a joyous celebration. For the Jews, it was a time of happiness and joy, gladness and honor. In every province and in every city to which the edict of the king came, there was joy and gladness among the Jews, with feasting and celebrating. And many people of other nationalities became Jews because fear of the Jews had seized them. So, Okay, so yesterday we talked about what... 
was being done for those nine months between when things were issued and then the coming of the annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we know a couple things just from this is when they did take time to celebrate and relax Mm -hmm. and feast. Mm -hmm. Um, And then two, we don't know what they were doing, but there was something that was happening that was converting people for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, mm-hmm. to Judaism. Yeah. Probably sounded a lot like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are a couple schools of thought on that, actually. Um, one is that people were um, thinking, well, I, I don't want to be one of the people who's accidentally mistaken for, somebody's who's gonna, for somebody who's going to attack, so I will declare myself Jewish and mm-hmm. will... Just take that out of question. Right. Um, And then there's another thought of they they recognize the power um, that was behind Mordecai and Esther and the reversal and just the complete shift in thought. Mm -hmm. And they recognized that this had to have been something big and they wanted to be part of that. They didn't want to miss out on whatever it was that was good and had made this change for them. Mm Probably a little bit of both, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah. I'm sure there were some people who just did it out of self-preservation and others who maybe had a heart toward God who saw that God was really working on behalf of his chosen people and they did want to be a part of that. Yeah. So I read somewhere like they the Jews didn't go around trying to They didn't uh, proselytize. proselytize. No, mm-hmm. they weren't trying to get people to become Jews. So this happened because of what people saw. Yeah. Which is how we should live as Christians. Mm-hmm. People should see something different and then and then say, hmm, what is that? Yeah. And then... I want that. And then ask maybe the questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we kind of have a little bit of a mass story problem here. When did it start? When was the edict out? When did Haman's go out? Then when did Mordecai's go out? Um, I think the way I did my math and... I'm kind of bad at it, but <laughs> figured out it's only about two or three months after right. Haman's yeah. did. So that's a pretty quick change for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Yeah. It probably was a little confusing for the people, too. Although, you know, maybe they were used to that. One edict comes, and then a few months later, another edict comes. I don't know. But right. I think it must have been kind of confusing. It would have been for me right. that one day we're told we're going to kill and annihilate the Jews and we're going to get all their stuff. Right. And then a few months later, we're told, oh, they're going to get to defend themselves um, and kill us. Right. And so, then get our stuff. And maybe get our stuff. Yeah. yeah. Our, that was in the edict, yeah. yeah. So although no, the Jews chose edict. not to plunder, right? you know, the, the Gentiles were certainly going to plunder the Jews, but the Jews made the decision that they would not plunder. Mm-hmm. Well, for mm-hmm. them, it was not, uh, it, they weren't trying to get more stuff. They did not declare, you know a war on the Gentiles. They were just trying to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. They didn't want any of their stuff. They just wanted to live mm-hmm. so, in peace. So plunder was not a part of that plan. And we'll, we'll talk a little more in depth about that in the next couple of days. Um, but Right. Okay. Well, one of the things that I thought that really struck me was that, you know, the, that word annihilation that was used with... Um, with Haman's plan. You know, they really wanted to kill all of the Jews, men, women, children, old people, young people, it didn't matter. They wanted to totally annihilate that race. And yet when the Jews 
are now given the chance to defend themselves, that's really not in their thinking. They're not looking to annihilate anybody. They are just looking to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. So their, their edict doesn't say anything about women and children. No. It just gives them the right to bear arms, which has to have been a huge shift because remember, they're captives in Persia. They're, they're not citizens, full citizens with rights to defend themselves. Although it does say that the king's edict granted the Jews in every city the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill, and annihilate the armed men or any nationality of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children. So it does give the opportunity to annihilate, but only the men who the were coming against them. Coming against them. Yeah. So I pictured that everybody's in a circle in the middle of the town and they're like going, okay. <laughs> Are they facing I, in or out? Facing, facing out. Okay. Oh, like everybody's defense. there, they're getting ready to defend okay. the whole thing. Or they're in a, a building or whatever. You know, I, I just kind of pictured them out there trying to defend this one area and other people would come and attack. It blew my mind to keep, they went offense to people who were attacking them previously. Like they had an account of who had been attacking them and they went on offense after them. Does that make sense? I, I, Yeah, they went and killed 500 people. Like they went and killed those people. Those people didn't come to them necessarily. Well, we're not there yet. Right. We haven't read this, so we don't know exactly... Yet in this at this point, we don't know exactly what is going to happen. I'm reining us back in here. We're jumping <laughs> right. ahead. We're doing it both. Now we are. Now I'm doing we are. Theory. This is going to be instead of four part discussion. We're going to wrap it into two here. Got no, it. not really. No. Um, but in this passage, you know the the letter that Mordecai the issue um, the edict that Mordecai issues versus the edict that Haman issues, they're parallel Yes, in yes. almost every way, except for the fact that Mordecai includes the Jews in everything. Right. The first one didn't go out to the Jews. Correct. This one includes the Jews, the satraps, Jews. governors, nobles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you, you say it satrap? Mm-hmm. Satrap. How do you say How do you it? Satrap. 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 <laughs> I used to say satrap, satrap. but then I've said satrap so many times that I'm like, okay, satrap it is. Oh, no, I say it's satrap. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, um, but Mordecai's, so Mordecai's letter includes the Jews, right? Um, whereas Haman's letter did not. Did not. I'm thinking about how tricky that was. Like Haman like, doesn't tell the Jews that they're going to be annihilated. Can you imagine finding out? I mean, essentially, this is like finding out on social media that you are going to be annihilated, Mm -hmm. that all of your people are done because you found it on Facebook. Yeah. Right, because you don't have anything in your own language to confirm it. Mm -hmm. Just hearsay, yeah. Right, just what other people are telling you. Yeah. Pretty scary Mm -hmm. thought. So No wonder the whole city was in confusion. Right. Oh, yeah. You know? Um Everybody's just going about their business, doing their thing, and then all of a sudden you start to hear things that uh, somebody's going to come and kill you and take your stuff. And to me, that's kind of part of a slimy thing that Haman did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not going to tell everybody. I'm going to create this Mm -hmm. very intentionally. He could have chosen to tell the Jews Mm -hmm. this. So he created that situation, and Mordecai created a different situation very intentionally. 
this is what's true. This is what's going to happen now. Mm-hmm. And he could have just done it to the Jews and not told everybody else. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have worked because they were prepping to kill the Jews. Right? But, you know, we but did it, laugh about the idea of sneaking out of town right. um, when they first heard about it. But the Jews weren't really notified, and maybe that was why they weren't. He didn't want them to do anything that could have saved any of them because he wanted them all killed. Yeah. Um, just pretty evil. Yep. And it wasn't just the people, it was the culture. It was the religion. The religion. Mm -hmm. It was any trace of Judaism, Mm -hmm. he wanted gone. Mm -hmm. And that's because of that generational hatred Mm -hmm. that had been passed Mm -hmm. down, which we'll see come into play as we go on as well. But I'm not going to go ahead of anything. (laughs) (laughs) Reel it in, ladies. Here we go. So what? looking at the difference between Haman's letter that was sent out and Mordecai's letter that was sent out, is there something that strikes you? Obviously, the Jews were included in Mordecai's letter, but is there something else that strikes you about the differences or similarities, or is there anything else? Well, remember that Mordecai's letter had to come against every part of Haman's edict. So I think it's it's pretty natural that it is a parallel mm-hmm. kind of oppositional document um, because he would have had to have addressed everything that Haman had instructed be done. He had to find a way to change that, to um, to come against it. So, but I think my favorite part of all was that you know when Haman's edict went out, there was great mourning and wailing, and people put on sackcloth and ashes. They fasted. They prayed. Um, pretty heavy um, consequence. Um, And yet when Mordecai's come out, now we've got a time of celebration Mm -hmm. and joy and gladness, feasting. Um, Pretty big difference. And before really anything has happened. So the Jews know that that other edict is still out there, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But now they know that God has made a way to provide protection for them. And so before anything else gets done, they take the time to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And... um, I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there was gnashing of teeth with the enemies. Like mm-hmm. the enemies of the Jews? I wonder if they went, Probably. Oh, man, now what? <laughs> no yeah. celebration now. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder how they responded. Well, there must have been other people mm-hmm. in the kingdom who didn't like the Jews, or they wouldn't have been willing to go along with Haman's plan. So, yeah, I'm sure they were. Now the shoe's on the other foot. They're pretty well confused about, well, gee, we thought this was going to be a cakewalk. We were going to go out there and just kill these defenseless people and take their stuff, and now we're going to have to fight them. We could get killed. Well, and then throw the fact that Haman is no longer alive. And Haman was already, mm-hmm. yeah. He was the second in charge, you know. So not only do you have these issues of... Um, Jewish people versus non-Jewish people, but now you have the country, essentially, I would imagine, would be a little in turmoil. Imagine what would happen if we saw our vice president hanging from a gallows in his front yard. Yeah. Imagine the kind of confusion that that would set forth as well, because it wasn't like it was something that was talked about and he was sentenced and this is whatever. I mean, the king like grabbed him up by the scruff of the neck and threw him up there. That's essentially that's a great analogy Mm because sometimes it's hard for us to picture what would that look like. But you're absolutely right. How would we feel if everything's going along, and then the next day 
our vice president's hanging out there. Yeah, that is a great analogy, a great picture of what went on here. So there's extra confusion, I would yeah. think, Yeah. Right. on top of all of it. I was looking at some differences um, between Mordecai and Haman and kind of what's going on there. And um, in verse 14, it says, The couriers riding with the royal horses went out spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the city at the citadel of Susa. But in 315, it says... The king's couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. But when it's Mordecai's letter, the couriers were riding royal horses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is going to hold on even more weight weight. because of the fact that they're not just on their horses and getting out there and saying, you know, this is what's going to happen, but... These are the king's horses. And they were bred for speed. Mm -hmm. So that's what it is in there. I don't know exactly where. They went on fast horses, the king's fast horses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that this is the original Pony Express. Whereas before, you know, before they would stop and the courier would have to rest their horses and whatever. Mm -hmm. But with the royal horses like this, they had them stationed along the way. Mm -hmm. So there was no stopping at all. You got, you handed over and it was going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is so smart. Yeah. yeah. It really is. And what's interesting is uh, thinking the Pony Express, someone just thought that up. No, they looked at history. Mm-hmm. They probably mm-hmm. looked at history and went, we could do that here. We could do that, yeah. yeah. Right. You didn't know that stuff like this was in the Bible. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's why I love the Old Testament. It fills in so much. U.S. Uh, Postal so Service? Right Thank here. you, Esther. Thank right you, Esther. Here, <laughs> Esther. <laughs> I like how... Um, Mordecai, when Haman gives his edict and letter, Mordecai tears his clothes, puts on uh, sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the midst of the city just wailing and loudly and bitterly. And, um, and, and then after he goes to the king and he and Esther write their edict, uh, Mordecai goes out and he's wearing royal garments. Royal garments of blue and white, a large crown. A I mean, crown. Haman, as far yeah. as we know, never got a crown. Never didn't get a crown. Didn't get those things. Yeah. And he had a purple robe. I mean, royal colors, mm-hmm. and the signet ring. I mean, that's pretty huge. What a yeah. what a difference. I like that contrast. picture. Yeah, that yeah. contrast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah, and Haman had to sneak around to get those things. You know, right. well, he thought he was going to get those things when he was trying to convince King Xerxes to parade him through town mm-hmm. in the royal robe, mm-hmm. and Mordecai just got it. He just got it. Yeah, yeah. that shows you what doing the right thing yes. can provide—not having to sneak around. Well, when God sets something up, versus when man sets something up, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're earlier we were talking about like some effective ways to really differentiate between like Mordecai versus Haman. Um, and we were talking, okay, so we have this list of things that Haman said, and then we have this list of counter things that that um, Mordecai had. So we were talking like, how are we going to do this? Is there a voice we want to use? Like we had all <laughs> kinds of things. Because the paper that we're looking at as we're going through this very clearly is like column A is Haman and column B is Mordecai. So it's a great, great visual. And so we were trying to come up with some ways to 
help you audibly see the difference. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Go we on. Go we on, didn't Suzanne. we didn't settle on anything necessarily, <laughs> but we had some good ideas. We oh, did there was have a little some talk about ideas. rapping and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like who would be the voice of Haman, right? If we were going to do that, yes, like Kim. who would play Haman in the movie, right? Or who would play more? Who would do the voiceover? Yes, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So, and what did you decide? I don't. We didn't <laughs> land on a specific person for Haman, did we? Uh, Rosemary kind of thought Joaquin Phoenix, right? Well, he can do a pretty mean voice, but I I think I'm going with Bart Simpson. You're going with Bart Simpson? Oh, no. Yeah. But in terms of acting it out, I see Michael Scott from The Office. Like, (laughs) it'd be like, he'd have that enthusiasm for a really bad idea. And that's what Mm -hmm. I think Michael Scott can offer this. Okay. So, The difference is Michael Scott always has good intentions, I think Haman thought his intentions were really good because if we get rid of the Jews, we're in. I guess that's true. I think when people do evil things, they think they're doing a good thing for them. It's so confusing with Michael Scott because he's... Okay, we won't get into that. Yeah, but I don't know that... I mean, do bad people realize... Do evil people realize that they're evil and the things that they're doing are evil? I mean, did Hitler think he was evil? I, I don't know. I don't know that Hitler yeah, thought he was evil. I think there's, sometimes you're there's right. There's a class that, of people, yeah. like the psychopaths, mm-hmm. that just think, yeah, that's the way that it goes. That sounds like a good idea. I'll just yeah, do that. Yeah. Right. With no concept of right or wrong, right. Or good or evil. Mm-hmm. But there's a bigger percentage of, that's a real small portion of the population. The population. Um, most people do know when it's bad, but they don't care. Mm-hmm. There you go. Or they think, okay, I think that's whatever. where Haman was. Because yeah, I, I think, think he if he... Know. Honestly and truly believed that this was what was right, yeah. he would have been open with the king and yeah. he wouldn't have been as sneaky as, as good he point. was. It's yeah. the sneakiness, yeah. yeah. Because psychopaths don't sneak. They just kind of take they care just of it. Do. They just do. Right. You know, I mean, that's how you can, I don't know about you, but like with my kids, especially when they were really little, like you could, if they did something wrong, you could always tell if mm-hmm. they knew that what they were doing was, was wrong. wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because if they genuinely did something wrong and didn't know, then it was like, what do you mean? Like, zero right. clue. Zero clue. Right. Zero mm-hmm. clue. Whereas, you know, if you threw a ball at someone's head and they got hurt and then they turned around and threw the ball at their own head, because it was like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. So I'm going to yeah. play it off and throw it at myself so that it looks like, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't mean to be mean. Right. That's yeah. some twisted right. thinking, Suzanne. <laughs> oh, really? Kids come up with that in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty typical kid yeah. behavior. Yeah. 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 Or like when you're playing ball in the house and you break your mom's favorite lamp and she loses her mind and falls into a puddle and cries Mm. because her favorite lamp was broken and everybody's like oh my gosh I'm so sorry that's so funny I had that I was just kind of thinking of that scene with Jesus so uh, Mary walks in and her lamp is broken there's James and Jesus in the room who do you think did it (laughs) (laughs) I was like Ah. I can see I think James had one of the hardest lives ever (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was using that example because that example for real happened in my house. Oh, really? And my kids are both teenagers, and they still talk about how mom's lamp got broken and she cried. Oh. I mean, it was like the end of a long day, and I had about had it up to my eyeballs, and then that lamp broke, and it was my favorite lamp. Mm -hmm. 
My favorite lamp that I've ever had and will never be able to be replaced. Oh. <laughs> and they're like, do you remember when we broke mom's lamp? Oh. And then she cried. I'm like, yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have been playing ball in the house. Glad I didn't break you. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> when I was growing up, the pastor of our church used to say, you know, there's a misconception out there that children are born good and sweet and kind and loving. He said, I want anybody that thinks that, I want you to walk down to the two-year-old nursery and Mm. take a look inside. Mm. Because we're not born knowing that. We have to be taught that. We're born selfish, and I want what I want when I want it, and I deserve it, and give it to me. It's mine. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, maybe in this culture, uh, without any idea of what God lays out boundary-wise as far as right and wrong. Maybe Haman's just, you know, it's okay to be all out for yourself. That's not evil. It's just what it is. Maybe everybody in that culture was really just out for themselves with no thought of, does that, is that nice or not nice? That's a good point. Mm. It was a pretty violent culture. It was a very violent it's, it's culture. It's so fascinating yeah. to me how we take I and I I mean, we take I do our this, culture. Mm-hmm. We take our culture and we put it on those yeah. those ancient cultures yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like no, that's probably not what was going on. I think it was mm-hmm. kind of kill or be killed and right. have or have taken from you. Right. Yeah. That well, was... not long before this, they had just had to put down a big uprising. Mhm. I so thought you were going to say the Queen Vashti, and I was like, no, oh. she did not get me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was um, driving up north with um, my son over the holidays, and I was talking about Esther, you know, and he has just recently studied Esther too. And when I was talking about, you know, how they came and took all the girls and blah, 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 and he really reminded me, he's like, yeah, but you're looking at it through your culture mm-hmm. eyes, mm-hmm. we need to look at it through theirs. And he said, do you know how many of those young girls were so happy to be taken to the palace? Just think, they didn't have to go out in the fields and work. They got clothes. They got regular food. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, probably most of them were happy to be taken to the No more palace. hunger, poverty. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big step so up in life. That was, I did not ever look at it that way. Mm. To me, yeah. they were taken, ripped from their family, mm-hmm. and they were. But, yeah, it's the culture that we have to um, keep looking at when we make decisions or thoughts yeah. or judgments. Yeah. yeah. So a normal part of that culture could have been Haman and how he was manipulative and, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. I would guess not to the extreme that Haman was. I think he still was. knew the evil. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. I still think that even if that was culturally acceptable and the norm, I still think he knew it wasn't right mm-hmm. because of the fact that he was, that so, he was so sneaky. sneaky. Yeah. Although that might have been a quality that was admired then too. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And you know? it was generational. I mean, there was mm-hmm. generational hatred. They had been. He had been taught... That right. these are bad people and these mm-hmm. need to be eliminated. These people are less than and they should not be around. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's going to factor into things. And I know, like, in general, I do good things, but there are so many times I don't. And I don't care. I, I know it's bad. And I'm not talking annihilation and death. <laughs> right. Let's get clear on that. It, like, being coming here, I was, I'm driving and it's like, really? We can only go 20? <laughs> we can only go 20. And there's this big conversation I'm having in my head. Mm-hmm. And then when I kind of come through it, it's like, it's a 25-mile-an-hour zone. How much time did you really save there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, yeah. 
but I'm just so into myself. Mm-hmm. I'm so into what I want. Yeah. I'm not seeing other people around me. It's funny that you say that because I was cleaning off the kitchen table last night after we ate dinner and I was having the exact same thought of like, apparently we are being convicted as a whole um, about getting out of ourselves and Mm -hmm. doing things that we know we shouldn't do, Mm -hmm. but we don't care. Like I was cleaning off the kitchen table last night and there were some little pieces of quinoa sitting on the table and I'm wiping them off and I was like, I should really like sweep these into my hand and then go, you know, put them in the um, sink and rinse off or whatever. I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm going to put them on the ground and let the dog eat them. <gasps> like, oh, you this rebel. is not what I'm you supposed to do. <laughs> What's the no, point of having a dog? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, a little re- rebellion. Just a little rebellion. Yeah, but yeah. I knew that the wasn't edge, the right thing yeah. to do, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Did you sweep it to the floor for the dog? I did. Yes. <laughs> what is the point of having, a, having dog? a dog? Come That's on. Right. <laughs> we are like, a, yes. listen, we do not feed our dogs people food. Our dogs have enough health issues. We do not need yeah. to pile on. But I mean, that is one thing we're very strict. And we really don't let the dogs in the dining room very much either. And so the fact that it was the dining room and I swept it on the floor, <laughs> my husband is going to hear this and be like, what? <laughs> I know. He's going to die. I had, we, never told, we never fed our dog people food either. One time I'm doing ground beef and I all of a sudden like accidentally, Poochie was our dog and he would just like oh, be no, around my feet all the time. I know he's such a good dog. He was like a little um, dust buster. He would just like eat all the food <laughs> off the ground, yeah, right? Yeah. We wouldn't do it on purpose, but if he'd try to find anything. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, Poochie, stop doing that. And I just turned and I dumped pretty much about a half a pound of ground beef oh. all the way across the floor. Oh. Which is like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but now, but now he just went to work. My mom loves me. <laughs> Poochie know. was feeling like the Jews were and was celebrating and feasting. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. really? It was his For own. For me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. funny. But we, I mean, anyway, yeah. I think... But here's the thing. We all do things that we know are wrong, and we do them anyway, because we just don't care. You know, and I was wondering about that with the I don't care part, Mm -hmm. and it's like, how do you care? Heyman had all that background of all that training that they're terrible, they're terrible, but I think a part of it for us is just being able to see that other person. Just simply see that they're having a rough day or that it's just not, they're in another place. You know what I mean? Just being able to see them where they are at that moment, I think can help with the care. Mm-hmm. And that's mad. where the Holy Spirit comes in too. Right. Because with the Holy Spirit, we're, we should be more right. sensitive to things mm-hmm. like that and our eyes should be open to seeing people the way that God sees them and mm-hmm. hearing really what people are saying instead of what their words are. Right, or what's mm-hmm. behind what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, Yeah. I think the Holy Spirit is good about that, especially if we ask Him. You know, if you have someone in your life that um, behaves in a way that you have trouble understanding, a hurtful way towards other people, um, and you ask the Holy Spirit to show you why, because sometimes it helps us if we know why, Mm -hmm. and it gives us a different kind of sympathy or empathy for that person and their behavior. Um, And I know He's done that for me before when I've said, you know, gosh, Lord, why, why would they do that? Why would they act like that? And generally, they're acting out something that's been played on them. So whatever, some hurt that they've been subjected to, and then they turn around and subject someone else to it. And the Holy Spirit has helped me 
see that, and seeing that has changed how I feel about that person, how I pray about that person. So he's well able, if we look to him for that help, to give that. That's a good point. Haman didn't have the Holy Spirit. Haman didn't have, yeah. He didn't have that chance to see this world through God's eyes. Mm -hmm. He only saw it through the history of his own people. And then all the tough stuff around him. It's not easy to be in a place like that, in that position in in the palace Mm -hmm. with a lot of intrigue and everything else. Mm -hmm. And you don't get there overnight. Mm -hmm. So he's subtle. Yeah, yeah. he's been trained over time. He's good at it. Look mm. at us kind of softening our views of Haman. No, no, he was. Well, no, a, he was a good guy. guy. <laughs> you know, we're going to make sure that nobody thinks we're being soft on him. We, we understand but, the reasons, yeah, but uh, we can uh, no. maybe understand a little better. Yeah. And, and maybe when we run into our own Hamans, people who are really being mm-hmm. mean, just trying to see past that. Yeah. One of the ways that I'll, I'll do it, like in counseling sometimes, is just going, well, I wonder how that's helpful. Because it is helping them. Because they're doing it. If it didn't help them, they wouldn't be doing it. And so that's the way, like, God, give me your eyes to see how this yeah. is helping them. Yeah. You know? Putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't like Eamon's shoes. I'm not wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wondering, I think it was good for us to maybe wonder why he was mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. You know, what seed was in him? How did that even start? Because you're right, it didn't start at the palace. It started when he was little. Yeah. He was given that history, and he mm-hmm. probably came up through the ranks, and he probably realized, you know what? Manipulation is the best tool I have. Mm-hmm. That was his way to answer all the stuff that was going on, and it works yeah. until yeah. it doesn't work. I think right. that can be certainly a learned behavior, that manipulation. It is, thing. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so easy for us to learn it, too, because it's all about us. Mm-hmm. Right, but when we take ourselves out of that and we go to God and ask God to show, give us your eyes to see other people, then we don't have to be like the Hamans. Yeah. I'm not saying we're totally like Haman. I'm just saying we can act like him. Don't sure. kid yourself. Yeah. Every person in the Bible, first. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about the Pharisees. People can judge them, but truly, mm-hmm. we can be right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking, like, I know that there are people that I have. I would hope not hated as much as, I mean, obviously not hated as much as Haman hated Mordecai. Right. Um, but people that you didn't exactly like or yeah, and then want I to be thought, in a relationship right. with. Right. Like, yeah. I know that there are people in who have been in my life mm-hmm. over the years who you see them in the grocery store and, like, you go, even though you're going down the same aisle or you need something down the aisle that that person's in, you're like, oh, I'm just going to come back for that. I'll come back oh, for that. Or yeah. all of a sudden, you just really can't find what you need and you're so focused on what <laughs> Right. You, you can't see what's going on You can't around. see that person around. Yes. No, I have to get to the very back of the ice cream that's yeah. in, <laughs> so I have to be halfway into the freezer. I'm so sorry I didn't even see you. You know? <laughs> I mean... And funny, they wanted the same ice cream. Right. No, I'm just it's the one who taps you on the back. Excuse me, can you hand me? No, <laughs> but we so we don't kill people like physically, right? Which is a difference, thankfully, in this story. But yeah. we can certainly kill um, their reputation or mm-hmm. our social connection yes. with them or who the, who you are to me. You're dead yes. to me. That yeah. phrase doesn't yeah, that, happen by yeah. accident. We can do that. We can be really right. capable. Yeah. Well, there are some 
people that you don't need in your life. Mm-hmm. You Some know, people so it's are not toxic. It's not always a wrong thing to separate yourself. I agree. Um, but for the most part, how are we going to love people that we've separated ourselves from? And how are we going to be a witness to them of the love of God that's in us if we separate ourselves? So I think we have to have a lot of wisdom and a lot of discernment to know when it's okay mm-hmm. to do that and when it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are definitely times where you need to have some boundaries. Some boundaries, yeah. But you still can't completely, I don't know, you still can't completely turn your back on them. Like even those people that you have set that firm boundary with, mm-hmm. if they're bleeding and dying out on the side of the road, you would go. You got to stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, yeah. You don't need to donate your arm, but at least call the ambulance. <laughs> yes. 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 Whatever. Yeah. So anyway. All right. <coughs> Speaking of dying. Are you Poor okay? Terry. <coughs> don't talk. Got that. that tickle. Mm. It won't stop. It's just the time of year. The crazy weather and all kinds of <coughs> sniffles and coughs. And yes. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> well, does somebody want to pray for us and for Terry? Please. Maybe <laughs> not Terry. <laughs> all right. Dear God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to go through your word, Lord. We just thank you for the contrast between Haman and Mordecai. Lord, we know that you're victorious, God, and we know that your victory was in Mordecai's edict. Lord, we just ask that you help us see other people and that you help us deal with people, other people in the world um, who may be like our Haman's. God, that we can see evil, we can see what they do. Lord, we are asking for your word to change us, God, and we are asking for you to um, bless everyone who's listening to this podcast. Um, God, we just we just ask that, um, we just praise you, and we just thank you in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>